and welcome to the Dorky Diva Show. I'm your host, Savannah. And I'm Brian. Oh. Yeah, look at that. Your voice kind of cracked. Do you want to do it again? No, I'm keeping it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just woke up. What you see is what you get. <laughs> I just woke up. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us again. Uh, we hope you listened to our last episode where we discussed the Clone Wars movie. Um, mm. This time around, we're going to be talking about the entire first season of Star Wars The Clone Wars. So we're going to dive pretty deep into some of our favorite arcs and episodes. And then some episodes we'll just kind of quickly discuss because there's just so much that happens in this season. But um, before we get into that, Brian, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, A little raspy, apparently. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but I'm good. I'm good. Just woke up. Got we just breakfast. got real hyped. Before. Yeah, oh, we got so hyped. Yeah, we have that's like a... jam out sessions before we start recording now to get that's true. ready. <laughs> that's true. It's we that that also can be an unofficial teaser for things on the future, perhaps involving hype. Things Ooh. that Brian might be doing. Maybe, maybe. That's a very non-descriptive teaser. Yeah, that, those are the best kind of hypes. You know, okay. you're like, what does it mean? All right, well, moving yeah. on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think if I've been up to anything exciting lately. Not really. I mean, I've I've been watching a lot of The Clone Wars. I watched season one a lot mm-hmm. while I was working this week, and that made me really happy. Um, I'm just excited to get into it. So, same. Let's same. kick it off. Let's kick um, it. Before we start discussing the episodes, I want to ask because you have a different viewing experience than I with your Clone Wars fandom, because you didn't actually watch the series when it was airing on Cartoon Network. True. You tell your story. How'd you watch it? I watched it uh, all at once after it had all come out. This would have been, I think, probably a few months after The Lost Missions showed up on Netflix. And then I just binged all of it by myself. And that's been an interesting thing because I I think I mentioned it last time. Uh, I've seen every episode of The Clone Wars before last year once because I watched all of it, you know, straight through. So I was like, all right, cool. And and I don't rewatch a whole lot of TV because I have so much that I have to watch. It's like, okay, let's keep on going. Um, So it's been interesting doing this series because. Uh, I'm going back and watching these things, and I have the memory of an Alzheimer's patient, so <laughs> I feel like half of the stuff I'm seeing for the first time. And I'm like, whoa, this is so good. Uh, so that's been a trip. Uh, the rewatch has been great. Um, yeah, but like I said, up until last year, because I had a show uh, called Brian and David Talk Star Wars, where he's never seen it, and so we were watching and reviewing every single episode. Uh, that's on iTunes if you're into that so kind of stuff. So I have a question. I have an answer, hopefully. Why didn't you watch this when it was on Cartoon Network? Because obviously, like, you're a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. What uh, was the deal? I, I don't have a reason, honestly. I just didn't. I don't know. It was, huh. it was really weird. just kind of fell through the cracks. It's like, oh, okay. I'm just going to rewatch all the movies all the time because that's yeah. what I do. But I, I have a distinct memory of Celebration 6 uh, walking through the halls and somebody was dressed as uh, Krell. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is that Dex as a Jedi? What is this? I was like, this is the craziest you thing had in the no world. Idea. You had oh, no idea. Oh, that's clue. hilarious. Yeah. Wow. So I was like, that, what is that? Freaked that out. 
convention in particular had a ton of Clone Wars cosplayers because that's there was like an entire group of Night Sisters with Mother Talzin, and there yep. was Pre Vizsla with Bo Katan, and there was a mall with his cybernetic legs, and mm-hmm. like because there was a premiere that yeah. that convention. I think it, I think it was season five, uh, perhaps one I of think the. It, I think one it of those. was season four. I could four. be wrong. You would know more um, than I do, but w- there was a premiere at that celebration. They did a whole red yes. carpet thing as well. Uh, yeah, so amazing. you were probably super lost when you saw all of those. Yeah, characters. I did. Like I knew, I knew of a couple things. I was like, "Oh, Maul's back." Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know anything about it, but all right, all right, cool. And just kind of kept going. Uh, that's which so funny. Means, yeah, I, I didn't have any hiatuses, so that's cool. I just yeah. binged the entire series. See, Celebration 6 was when I was on, like, the top of my game, and I knew everything that there was to know about the Clone Wars, and then since then, I've forgotten a lot of stuff, and obviously, you know, there hadn't been any Clone Wars in a while, but it's coming back! Was that that picture of you uh, behind the stage with the Legions meeting Dave Filoni? Was that Celebration 6? Yes. Cool. Yeah, so I that was my first celebration, and Same. that was like the most hardcore celebration I've ever had. Same. Because somehow I got thrown into like all of the awesome things going on, and nice. that was the first time I had really cosplayed in public. Like, I felt like I had a legit costume. It wasn't just like a homemade thing that my mom made and I don't even look like the character. Like, <laughs> you know, like like my Leia costume was definitely like a kitty thing. But um, mm-hmm. that was the first time when I felt legit. Um, Sweet. But yeah, Clone Wars was really, really, really big at that celebration. But mm-hmm. I remember watching the Clone Wars when it aired on Cartoon Network and I actually stopped watching it during the first season because I just couldn't get into it. I don't know why. I just, that was like before my Star Wars fandom consumed my entire life. Um, I had other things I was like way more into. So I think it just disinterested me. And then at the end of the season was when, spoiler alert, um, the amazing Cad Bane showed up. And my brother was watching the show and he was in the living room and he was like, Savannah, come here holy cow, I think you're going to love this guy. And I was just like, all right, cool, I'll go watch it. So I sat down and then I was like, (laughs) game over. This guy is the coolest. Um, So yeah, I didn't really call myself a Clone Wars fan until the very end of season one. And then that's when I got sucked in. And at the time, there was no way to rewatch the episodes. Like we didn't DVR them. I don't remember seeing a lot of reruns. And if I did, like, Mm -hmm. you know, they weren't consecutive. It's not like you could sit there and binge everything. Sure. Um, So after season one, I had to wait a little while until the second season came out. And so I still wasn't really into the Clone Wars until season two came out. And then that's when I really was like in it to win it. Um, And that's when I started meeting other Star Wars fans that were like my age and that were girls. And I really got involved. But um, yeah, when season one came out, I was just like totally not into it. Um, And even to this day, I would tell people like casual Star Wars fans that have only seen the movies, I would be like, oh, you got to watch The Clone Wars. It's so great. And I would say, 
the first season's a little rough, but if yep. you get through it, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. so worth the payoff. But honestly, now that I rewatched this season again, I haven't seen it in a while. It's not as bad as I remembered. Um, sure. It's really, really, really not. There's a lot of great episodes. There's a few kiddie episodes, but hello, it's a kid show. That's right. normal. Um, but... Yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk about these episodes. So the the very first one is called Ambush. And yeah. I didn't know this until just the other day, but Ambush is actually like the prequel episode to Supply Lines, which is another episode that shows up in season three. Did you know that? Really? I had no idea. And I've heard things about um, how the Clone Wars is like, not in chronological order as they made oh, it. Oh, it's I, everywhere. Yeah, I knew that with some of the episodes, especially the episodes with like Five and Echo, or Fives and Echo and some of the other clones because you can see them when they're uh, just learning like how to be a clone trooper and then when they turn into arc troopers and stuff. So I knew some oh, yeah. of it was out of order, but I had no idea that this episode actually had a corresponding episode later on. That's um, crazy. I didn't know that yeah. either. Yeah, it's huh. kind of nuts. Um, and this is a pretty pretty neat episode, but it's also kind of chill just because it's a little standalone in season one. And, and basically the premise is that Yoda and a bunch of clones are um, on a planet. And to me, the biggest lesson out of this is how Yoda is playing the role of a teacher to clones. Mm-hmm. Whereas like we've only seen him really do that with Jedi. Sure. And I really like that. And there's a part in this episode where he asks the clones to like take off their helmets so he can see their faces and talk to them as people. And I love that. And that's Same. that's something you see a lot in this season is where the Jedi are recognizing the clones as people and not just dispensable soldiers. Agreed. I mean that's yeah. the bit that's the biggest thing that I take away from this episode was that clones are individuals, which is sounds like an oxymoron, uh, an individualistic clone. Yeah. But yeah. that's but that's the biggest thing is like also that Yoda sees them as people and wants them to understand that you're not just a clone made for these specific battles. You're still people. You gave your own names. You have different tattoos. You have different hairstyles. Like embrace it. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I like that they show that in the very first episode because that is such a strong theme throughout the entire series. Like, there are so many clones in the show, and you, like, I get emotionally attached to them. They're my favorite things in the show. Sure. And so when stuff happens to them, I'm just like, oh my God, this is the worst. But I think it's important that they set up that like emotional tie from the very beginning saying like hey these are people and they're not just battle droids like when you see a battle droid die personally i have no feelings like i get zero emotion when i see a battle droid die because there's a billion of them and like once one dies then boom you just replace it with another one whereas the clones yeah you can replace them but you really can't replace that person exactly exactly they're people the thing about droids is you know it's all programming yeah none of it's real they're right. both doing the things that they're programmed to be able to do. Right. Uh, clones are they're human beings. They have I, feelings. I really like the uh, like the opening fortune cookie to this episode because it says great leaders inspire greatness in others. And True. 
oh, I just love that because it's it's so true and Yoda is obviously a great leader in this episode and throughout the Clone Wars until spoiler alert something happens to Ahsoka but true, <laughs> true. Um, I just I really like that quote because it applies to real life and people who are great leaders can move mountains from inspiring mm-hmm. people I agree good stuff um it oh is this good. is this is another cute quote too i wrote this down because i just thought it was adorable yoda is really funny in this episode because he's very giggly he's just like <laughs> i don't know he's just like really funny oh, and yeah. uh he tells the clones because he's he's with a very small group of clone troopers and he tells them smaller in number are we but larger in mind and he just like giggles and runs away and i love that he does <laughs> i do too I, I think it's awesome. It. It's because he's so nonchalant about it. Yeah. And I do like that this is the episode where they talk about, you know, one Jedi is worth a thousand battle droids. Yes. Like, yes, what I'm talking about. Yes. And then it, and then that. it turns into a game um, who can so get to the king first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. So. I'll see you in a bit. And, they're like, you get, uh, and then when they're talking to Yoda and they're like, oh, you getting caught up? You having trouble? He's like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. See you in a bit. <laughs> I think Yoda <laughs> finds himself humorous way oh, too for sure. often in this me and yoda have that in common (laughs) i love it um okay so the next the next set of episodes is actually one story arc so if you guys haven't seen the clone wars or aren't like super into clone wars fandom um sometimes they're standalone episodes and other times there are episodes that are like there's like two or three or even four sometimes that create one big story and if you watch them all together, it's almost like you're watching a full-length movie. So, um, true. The next three episodes all go together, and I call it the Malevolence arc. The first episode is Rising Malevolence. The second one is Shadow of Malevolence, and the third one is Destroy Malevolence. And if you don't know, the Malevolence is a ship in this like series of episodes that is very mysterious and the republic doesn't know about it until all of a sudden it's just like wiping everyone out and it is grievous's ship and i was really intrigued by this design of the ship because to me it looks very inspired by the nautilus from Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea but i tried to like find if that was an inspiration for them and the only thing I could find was that um, I think it was Killian Plunkett said that it was inspired by the Mon Calamari cruiser and a rebel transport like put together. Um, nothing was said about the Nautilus, but to me, it is just like straight up 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea with the ion cannons and everything. It just screams Nautilus. Sure. I can see so. that. Uh, it was interesting too. I was watching like the little featurette about the first episode and the animation team was talking about what a huge task this was to create this ship. And I I just like look past so many of those details when I'm watching the show. But, um, one of them said that it started out as this like really big ship and they were like, great, this is so easy to achieve. Like we already modeled it. Awesome. And then they just started slowly adding more and more and more to it. (laughs) And like they're adding the ion cannons and then like they're adding like the little city in the middle and all the lights. And then they had to like paint it. And I guess this was just a huge uh, project for them. And I think it turned out awesome. It's, I think so too. And the animation is great. The, the blast itself 
Yeah. I think it looks really cool. Yeah. I think um, the explosion of the ship at, in the last episode won an award for like best sound design or something. I'm not sure what award, but it won something. So It, w- it won all the awards in my heart. It won all the awards. So anyways, um, in these episodes, uh, Plo Koon and his group of clones called the Wolf Pack, uh, they get stranded because um, their ship gets like exploded and they're in a escape pod and anyways Anakin and Ahsoka go to find any survivors and Anakin ends up thinking that Plo Koon is dead and they just need to move on and leave but Ahsoka tells him no I know he's alive and she just takes hold of the ship and just pilots them to Plo Koon and his clones and I love that because in the first episode, it opens with Plo Koon and Ahsoka greeting each other in his native language. And it goes back to showing that Plo Koon is the one that found her when yeah. she was a baby and brought her to the Jedi Temple. And he's the reason why she is a Padawan. And they just have a like a very special relationship. And I love that she was the one that said that they need to go find him. Because, hello, she needs to at least try. I mean, this guy basically saved her life so that she could be a Padawan, and now she owes him. So I think that's pretty cool. I think so, too. I'm all about lore and stuff. It's, like, my favorite thing in Star Wars. And uh, I'm always interested about lineage and stuff like that, who trained who, how that came to be. And the fact that it's Plo Koon that found Ahsoka is pretty amazing. And when yeah. you find out Plo Koon is like, you know, one of Dave Filoni's favorite characters, he's the <laughs> one that found Ahsoka. It's, I see yeah. you, Dave. I see you. Yeah. He, uh, I love this because Dave Filoni actually cosplayed he as did. Plo Koon. Like he made his own Plo Koon costume. He did. Well before the Clone Wars was ever a thing. Like mm-hmm. this was after Revenge of the Sith. He was like, I'm going to be that weird alien Jedi guy that dies in the movie and yeah so uh he loves Plo Koon and he also loves wolves so he put wolf designs on the clone helmets for the wolf pack he did and one of the ones is named Commander Wolf so I like it I like it a lot putting a stamp all over those guys and it's very apparent throughout the show that those are his favorites because they get the most like armor changes and upgrades and they oh, just yeah. look so awesome. And yeah, you can tell that that's his favorite. Um, but in in these episodes too, it kind of reflects what we were saying about Yoda in the ambush episode. Plo Koon tells the clones like they're not dispensable because they were like out there in the middle of a space and they're just like, oh, we're going to die. It's okay. General, like this is what we're made to do. We're, we're dispensable. And... Plokun's like, no, you're not. You're not to me. And I'm just like, oh, I love it. That's right. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. So they really nail that over your head in this season. Good. I love it. It's important. Um, There's a lot that goes on in this arc. I would definitely recommend watching it. Like if you are skimming through season one and don't have time to watch all the episodes, definitely watch this arc because it has a lot of depth to it. But we're going to move on to the next episode, 
and that is Rookies. And this one is a very important episode for, in my opinion, probably the greatest clone trooper in all of the Clone Wars, which is really? Fives. I think he is the best. All of right. The best. Yeah. Really? Fives is your favorite clone? Um, I have a lot of favorite clones, uh-huh. <laughs> but Fair. I think he has the best story. I just watched his uh, his last episode like two days ago. I don't want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need six weeks until I can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, he gets done wrong. But Fives uh, is awesome. I like Fives. I like how they get their names. I always yeah. thought that was really cool. Like, my, I mean, I like I like Echo and how he got his name. Mm-hmm. That was probably my favorite. Because I like yeah. oh, an Echo in here because he just repeats everything. I was like, that's funny. Yeah. But Fives and- is awesome. His name is because his actual number is 5555, five, five, mm-hmm. five, I think. I like um, it. This is an important episode because he, they are with Captain Rex, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Captain Rex here for a minute. Let's do he it. He goes, looks like we got ourselves a batch of shinies, Commander. And Echo goes, shinies, sir? And Rex goes, that's right, your armor. It's shiny and new, just like you. And I freaking love that because I hear the term <laughs> shinies all the time, like, especially in costuming, if you're making a clone trooper kit of armor, like, you don't want to be the shiny guy. You don't want to be the guy that doesn't know how to weather your armor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love that. But uh, it's really sad in this episode because Heavy sacrifices himself. He does. This episode <sighs> led to confusion later on because they're out of order and you yes. see Heavy later on. And I was like, wait, hold on. I'm confused. Yes. Like, no, this takes place before that episode and after. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is where so we are. Pretty much all of, not all of, but a lot of the episodes with Fives, Echo, and Heavy are completely out of order. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about this more later on when these other episodes come up. Like in season three, I'll say, oh, okay, this is first, this is second. You know, so if you want to watch everything in chronological order, you can. I think there's a list out there somewhere, too, there online is. that tells you. It's on Star like, Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah, just go to yeah. StarWars.com. Yeah, it's Chronological Clone Wars Viewing something. It's yeah. really good. I've never done it, but I've always wanted to. So I've never done it either. We should we should do that one day and talk about it. We should. But, it's a good idea. But at the end of this episode, they return to the Resolute and Echo and Fives are granted medals. And that's when they're inducted into the 501st Legions. That's when they become a part of Captain Rex's battalion of clones. Mm -hmm. And they basically become BFFs for life. Yep, which is shorter than they'd expect. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I get to be the horrible one this time. (sighs) Ah, 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 ah. It's okay. I'll redeem myself later. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> like, give it a minute. <laughs> I'm just warming the seat up for you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the next two episodes create an arc, and the episode names are Downfall of a Droid and Duel of the Droids. And mm-hmm. these are probably two of the most kid-friendly episodes in season one. Yeah, I guess If see that. not all of the Clone Wars. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing, but uh, basically in the story, R2-D2 goes missing, and Anakin says, hey, Obi-Wan, uh, 
I lost my droid, I need to go get him, and Obi-Wan's like, oh, forget it, you know, our two units are a dime a dozen, we'll just get a new one, and Anakin's like, BT dubs, he has all of our, uh, military tactics inside of him yeah. and obi-wan's <laughs> like okay well go get him now so anakin and ahsoka go to rescue r2d2 they have to find him first and then they try to rescue him but in the meantime for the time being ahsoka decides to bring along a new r4 unit that she names goldie <laughs> just like mm-hmm. that goldie come here goldie um mm-hmm. and anakin hates goldie and it turns out that Goldie is sabotaging them throughout their mission trying to find R2-D2 because guess what? He's working for General Grievous. <sighs> I and hate this droid. Yeah, I hate him too. He like <laughs> irritates I, me. I hate this droid and I'm also not the biggest fan of this arc because uh, your, your astromech controls like everything in your ship. The thrusters, yeah. the engine, the oxygen... All of that stuff. And if your droid is starting to like locking doors when he's not supposed to, you need not to get where he them. needs to be, don't trust your life with this thing. Yeah. It just makes Anakin look really dumb. Yeah. It's like, he come on, man. He should have stood up more and said, get rid of him. Because he obviously showed his distaste for R4, but Ahsoka was like, look, he's so cute, blah, 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 you know. It's like, we could die if he just flips the wrong switch while we're out there. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are we? What are we doing here? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Even if he's not, like, obviously your thought wouldn't be, oh, he's working for the other side. But at the very least, be like, he's malfunctioning. Yeah. And I'm not putting my life in a malfunctioning droid's droid arm. Yeah. Not going to happen. But he's <laughs> like, no, it's cool. Let's just keep on going. Yeah. There, go. I have to say, after rewatching most of season one, there are a lot of moments where Ahsoka shows a ton of maturity Mm-hmm. And it makes me appreciate her character a lot more in this season. Whereas when I first watched it, I was like, holy cow, that girl's so annoying. I do not like her. <laughs> um, I will say, though, this arc, not one of those mature times <laughs> for her. <laughs> She's very, um, I don't even know how to describe it other than saying kid friendly. Like it's right. this epi- these episodes are here to entertain kids. And I think they are like I laughed at them a few times because I thought For they sure. were so silly. But um, it's definitely not one of those times where Ahsoka is learning a lot of lessons and recognizing it. She's kind of being annoying the whole time. And then at the end saying, oops, sorry. <laughs> so. Yeah, my bad. Bobby. Um, but she ends up encountering General Grievous in this episode and uh She does. She runs away from him. Fair enough. And it just turns <laughs> into a, a big mess. Like I, I remember watching this for the first time and one of my really good friends who loved Ahsoka when Ahsoka first came out, she just thought this was so cool. She's like, Oh my gosh, Ahsoka is strong enough to fight General Grievous. And I now that I think about it, I'm just like, girl. She ran away. Like she, she's not gonna finish a fight with him right now. She's not ready for that. True. Um, but I. Wish I she was I, able to run away though. That's kind yeah. of an accomplishment. Yeah, but uh, I think I learned like looking back at that time, at least at the time, little girls and even little boys could be like, "Oh yeah, Soka's so cool. She's fighting General Grievous." But uh, yeah, I mean, she did. Her lightsaber hit his. So. Yeah. Te- technically, <laughs> and she lived to tell the tale, you know? Yeah. So there's good job. Yeah. At the end of is. the second episode, uh, R4 and R2-D2 actually fight each other. 
Yeah, I love that chest bump he does. Yeah. It very get it. It very much resembles Chopper to me. I think of Chopper a lot in those scenes because Chopper just like pushes people out of ships and (laughs) That's true. It just makes me think of him. But uh yeah, so those two episodes are very kitty, cute, silly. Definitely not your more serious episodes. Agreed. Season. Um, but yeah, we'll move on. They're not terrible. They're just no, they're not terrible. I not don't think. Th- I don't know if there's any terrible episode. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a couple. Oh, I'm interested to see what you think. Um, yeah, Bombad Jedi. <laughs> uh, well, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bombad Jedi is next, and from the word Bombad, you can probably guess Jar Jar is in this episode. <laughs> yeah, which is great. I love Jar Jar. Everyone knows. Uh huh. But I I hate it when Jar Jar is played off as too silly because at this point, Mm -hmm. he should be a little more refined. He's very silly in The Phantom Menace, very goofy. But along the way, as he is around around more refined professional people, you'd think he'd kind of take that to heart. Um, I think they make him a little too goofy in this one. But I agree. The the premise of the episode is that Padme is sent by Palpatine on a mission to Rhodia to like negotiate peace and she ends up meeting up with a friend named Andaconda Far and she doesn't realize at the time that he has aligned with Newt Gunray. Mm-hmm. So basically Jar Jar and C3PO have to save Padme and rescue her from Newt Gunray and along the way Jar Jar dresses up as a Jedi Mm -hmm. to help save her. And there's Mm -hmm. a giant sea monster in this episode. Yes. (laughs) Yes, there is. Um, How do you feel about Bombad Jedi? Uh, Not a fan. I like to pretend this one is not real. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's the the kid friendly turned up to 11. Yeah. Um, It's just too goofy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I like funny Star Wars, um, but I don't know if I like goofy Star Wars. I think there's a there's a line there. Yeah. Um, and if you'd like it, cool, man. But it's just not really my cup of tea. I don't mind the goofiness in the Clone Wars as much as I do in, let's say, like, if they were to put this in a Star Wars movie, that would irritate oh, me. But oh, in the show, sure. show, it doesn't. I, I just skip the episode if I'm watching it, and I'm just like, eh, hey, not really into this. I'll just skip it because I know... If I were a little kid watching this, I would just be cracking up because For I sure. loved Jar Jar as a kid. So For I don't want to sure. hate on it too much because I, I think it does have a place. And it fits decently because there are so many serious episodes in The Clone Wars that it balances with Agreed. the kiddie episodes. And they, they actually mix pretty well. But it's nice that if you're not a fan of the kiddie episodes, you can just move past them and there's plenty more to enjoy. Sure, and you definitely do need a reprieve from all the stuff. It's still Clone Wars, you know, yeah. and they don't really hold anything back when it comes to the weight of some of the things that's going on. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, oh. this episode is important. You know, Uncle Anno's all over the place. Yeah. So that's cool. And this is also one of the first times we've seen someone who aligned with the Separatists, not because he believed in their cause, but because he felt like he had no other, like, recourse left because his people were yeah. starting. Yeah. You know, so we're starting that's to get sad. a little, like little gray area in the political view now right Um, and that adds like a very serious mature topic to the depth of this episode which is yes exactly pretty kitty so yeah they balance it well 
themes that come back throughout this whole series is that as well. Yeah. You know, like who is aligning with the separatists and why, what it's like to get caught in the middle of the war when both sides occupy your planet. Like, yep. it's a good episode. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, just not one of my favorites. <laughs> that topic really lays down the foundation for a lot that goes on in like, I think season three and season four. There's a, a lot. lot. More of that. Yeah. So we'll probably reference this when we get to those seasons. If we remember. If if we remember <laughs> and don't wipe Bomb Bad Jedi from our memory. Yeah, um, I'm not going to remember. The next one is one of my favorites. Uh, it's a pretty simple episode. It's called Cloak of Darkness. And in the story, Ahsoka and Luminara have to escort um, Newt Grunray to trial because he's been captured. And then Count Dooku sends Asajj Ventress after them to free Newt Gunray and get rid of Ahsoka and Luminara. Mm-hmm. I love this episode because I love it when Ahsoka teams up with other girls and there's yeah. a lot of episodes in the Clone Wars where she has to work with Padme and I don't mind that I like it but I think it's really cool seeing her with other Jedi and sure. later on you'll see her with um, Luminar's Padawan Barris. Mm. but um it's also cool just to see Luminara in the Clone Wars because she had a very 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 small role in Revenge of the Sith like she oh, doesn't yeah. even speak. You just see her for a blip of a second. Sure. <laughs> so, same, same in Clone Wars. You just see her turn her lightsaber on in the arena. You're like, oh, yeah. cool. In Attack of the Clones, yeah. Yes. Did I say Clone Wars? Yeah. <laughs> That's because we're I got Clone Wars on the mind. That's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's cool that they give characters like that a lot more story in the Clone Wars so that you can actually feel attached to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, you know. And the movies are just like, all right, cool, she's here, and she's dead now. Bye. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Um, well, almost dead. And then Rebels, you're like, is she dead? You're like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a really important lesson in this episode because Ahsoka is told to basically stay with this guy named Captain Argaius and guard Newt Gunray. But uh, Ahsoka's like, mm, no. I'm not down for this. I need to go help Luminara because something's fishy. Mm-hmm. And she's basically talking with Captain Argaius about whether she should go or whether she should stay. And he encourages her to do basically what she feels is right. And she does. And she goes and she disobeys her orders and ends mm-hmm. up basically saving Luminara. Luminara didn't really have Ventress under her thumb. But with them teamed up together together, you know, Ventra still escaped, but they were able to stay alive. And at the end of the episode, Luminara apologizes to Ahsoka and says, you know, I'm sorry for, I don't remember exactly what she says, but the, the moral is basically she was sorry for uh, underestimating Ahsoka and she thanked her for her help. Right. Um, that's really important. And I think that's an important lesson for kids watching the show too, because you have to know when it's okay to apologize to people. Like, you don't need to apologize all the time for things if you, like, if you truly don't feel sorry. But <laughs> Luminara is like, dang, girl, you saved my butt. And thanks for that. Like, yeah. I think that's important. And it's important for us to show Ahsoka making her own decisions and not just following orders like a droid, basically. You know, sure. these are people with brains and feelings and she made a good decision. Agreed. This was a, a good mature episode for Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Learning points gained. Yeah. She uh yeah. 
there's a lot of that in season one. And I really forgot about a lot of that. I thought she was just going to be extremely immature. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong rewatching this. I was like, oh, okay. She actually has a lot of good moments in this season. She's not just a bumbling, dumb Agreed. child. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, do you have anything else to say about that episode? Um, nope. I agree with everything you said. Okay. Uh, the next. <laughs> what? Yeah. I think we're actually going to agree on a lot in the Clone Wars. We, because we will. Because this is pre-Disney. Yep. I, that's what I tell everyone. Cause and we, we only disagree, disagree on, on post-Disney. Yes. Exactly. So, this that's is. That's <laughs> who we are. Yes. <laughs> um, so, the next episode is another one of my favorites. It's called Lair of Grievous. Yes. Guys, this Crazy. episode is scary. It is. Like, terrifying. Terrifying. So, <laughs> I watched this last night and I was honestly, like, terrified. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when, when he's on the rafters. Like, oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, so let's explain what it is in case people haven't seen it. So in this episode, Kit Fisto, which is, you know, the really smooth Jedi with the green tentacles. He's, like, Jamaican-inspired. Um, Mr. Smiley. Mr. Smiley. I love Kit Fisto. He's great. Um, he and his former Padawan, Nadar Veb, end up going to Grievous's like castle basically but when they Mm -hmm. go there they don't realize oh hello this is where grievous lives they figure that out while they're in it um holy cow there's just so many creepy things that happen in this episode they have a a few clone troopers with them and by the end of the episode all of their clones are dead but it's super scary because as they're going through the castle they're seeing these different rooms with like statues in them and different armor pieces like replacement armor pieces for general grievous and i've always wondered about this like i've always wondered if darth vader has a closet of different capes and more helmets and you know he does but oh for sure you never see it but they actually show grievous's extra stuff um (laughs) his extra stuff yeah and in the episode um grievous gets his his uh his face gets like cut up and he has to get a different face replacement and his legs also get cut off. And yep. so for like a solid five minutes, he is literally crawling around the castle with his <laughs> arms or swinging from the ceiling with just his arms. And he has no legs. Yep. Guys. <laughs> creepy. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. It reminds just... me of like a uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead. It was the Zack Schneider like zombie movie it came Ugh. out whatever year it was because there's a zombie that doesn't have legs and it's literally doing that same thing. It's yeah. like climbing across the rafters and then falls on somebody. Uh, like that's what I thought of. Dragging himself around and yeah. Whenever Grievous does his little like spider crawl thing, yeah. I hate that. I just saw there was like a, a GIF on Twitter the other day because Grievous is in Battlefront Two. I saw that. And the GIF was him doing his little spider crawl thing, and I just wanted to throw my phone across the room. I was like, nope. No, please don't retweet that. <laughs> don't ever tweet that to me. It's really scary. Yeah, but it, oh, go I ahead. Agree, I agree. Um, yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> I love, I love him. He's a great character, but it's, I can't imagine being face to face with him because he's also huge. He's like I know. seven and a half feet tall. I know. So he's massive. In and he's swinging from the rafters. It's so creepy. <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> 
in in the in the episode he gets his legs replaced like he sends i think i think he sends magna guards to go like take care of business and try to yep. overcome kit fisto and nadar veb while he's getting his legs replaced and his face replaced and then because it takes so long like his magna guards all get killed but anyways, um, his little droid doctor that's like helping put him back together is giving him so much sass. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Grievous, if you hadn't fought these Jedi, we wouldn't be in this problem. And it's just like, duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting because I've never before this episode, I had never thought about like what that process of getting new cyborg parts is like. Sure. And I hope one day we get to see Vader kind of going through that. Like, we see him in the back to tank and stuff, but, you know, Vader, what is it like if your cape catches on fire? Do you just go in your closet and get a new one? Do you have to get one custom made again? Like, what's the deal? Who makes sure. the capes? <laughs> where's know. your replacement parts? Yeah, where's your closet? Let's see Yeah, it. that's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I just want to see a drawer of legs. I hope it's like the Kardashians' closets. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Just, you know, like in every girly movie when a popular rich woman has a closet, like all her shoes are on fancy shelves and there's lights everywhere and there's mirrors and... Oh, yeah. There's displays in their closet for their things? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Vader with like a really fancy closet. Yeah. He definitely has one. Yeah. Um, it's Imperial. They're all regulation. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the episode... Grievous ends up shooting Nadarveb. Yeah, that's a bad way to go. <sighs> and he dies. He does. Well, he also was really dumb. Kipisto's even like, come in, like the he door's open. Was. He's like, no, no, I'm going to stay out here. I'm going to fight them off. Yeah, he was trying to be like too brave to where he was basically an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, you're a Padawan. What are you doing? He was like, pulling a Kiati Mundi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was trying to be no filter, but he's not. He's not. Like, that's Kiati Mundi but... only. Here's the real question. Is he as dumb as Agent Kolar? No one <laughs> is as dumb as Agent Kolar. Nadar uh, is a genius. Nadar is Yoda compared to Agent Kolar. Dang. Okay. Wow. Just smash his fate in the face in the dirt. Why don't you? I will. Every chance I get because he's awful and an embarrassment. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Now, now I'm all riled up. No, That's Nadar, okay. Nadar, I mean, he had the best of intentions, but he's so stupid. The door's open. It's closing. Like, you would both be safe on the other side. So. Yeah. God. Dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. Dumb, dumb. And, yeah, he lost, uh, he, he, he died in a bad, bad way. He suffered Locked for up, it. and then Grievous, he's like, oh, yeah, he has four arms. Just reaches back and shoots him, like, three times in the gut. Yeah. Ouchies. Well, you know, it's what happens? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, Nadar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the next two episodes go together, and the first one is mm -hmm. called Dooku Captured, and the second one is The Gungan General. Yes. Jar Jar is back, guys. But yes. to basically like counter Jar Jar and his silliness, we get Hondo Onaka in these episodes. We do. Guys, He's probably one of the best characters ever created for the Clone Wars, and now he just like lives forever. He's in everything now. He Agreed. Was in Rebels. He's coming to Galaxy's Edge. 
Mm-hmm. Gotta love his it. Flag, his flag was in at Maz's castle, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, he's everywhere. Yeah. Hondo's so, complicated for me. Oh, really? I really, really, really like him. I think he's great. I love Jim Cummings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, like, I really don't trust him. Oh, and no. Why <laughs> would you trust him? <laughs> he just wants like money. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I mean, the fact that later on he straight up tries to sell Ahsoka. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Wait a second, I thought we were cool. He's like, yeah, no, I, I still got to get paid. Like, Well, it's funny because um, in so in the episodes, Dooku gets like kidnapped by um, by Hondo and his gang of pirates. He does. And Hondo ends up talking to Palpatine and Padme saying, hey, I'll give you Dooku in exchange for some goods. And Padme's like, well, we don't really know if you have him and if he's alive because the hologram could be faked. So we're going to send some Jedi. Mm-hmm. And Hondo goes, yeah, but they can't come armed. And Padme's like, what? No way. And he's like, guys, I'm not going to hurt your Jedi. And I'm like, why Why would they believe you? Like, <laughs> I know. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so funny. He's so yeah. like, and the thing is, you can't. There are instances where you're like, okay, cool, we can count on Hondo. But you really can't. No. But then he'll show up and make you believe that you can. Yeah. But he truly is, like, about himself. All but the it's time. A, it's so complicated. Because, like, all right, cool. D- he's funny. That's what it is. The fact that he's so funny, you think it, like, it, it kind of makes me feel like he's a good person deep down. Mm-hmm. But he's also not, because he would sell Jedi children into slavery if he could. Like, it's yeah. it's so... I, I think he's great. I think he's an amazing character, but he's he's <laughs> we have a difficult and complicated relationship, Hondo and I. I think he has a few good moments and then he totally messes it up and you're just like, Wait a second, guy, I thought you were cool. Yeah. And, he's, and he's like, Of course I'm not cool, I need money. But yeah. I I like him. I forgot that he shows up so early in the Clone Wars. For some reason I thought he didn't show up until like season two. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, he's like in the show for the whole thing. He is. And I didn't realize that. I forgot about that for some reason. And he's like in the show as like somebody that helps and somebody that's the bad guy yeah. throughout the whole show. Very he's both sides. Yeah. <laughs> but he's awesome. I love Hondo. I think he's amazing. I like him because he's just like great comedic like. Oh, yeah. He's he, hilarious. He adds such great comedy. And he's also a very important character. He's not there just to be silly like some characters. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that he is super funny. I agree. And you're right. His voice is great. He's Oh, yeah. Jim Cummings is lovely. a living legend in voiceover. Guys, the first time I met Jim Cummings, I had him do his Tigger voice because he voices Tigger and Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. My face almost fell off of my skull. <laughs> like, I I was in such shock because Tigger's like, probably my one of my favorite Disney characters sweet it was insane um and if you ever go to a convention and jim is there you should go meet him and he's lovely yeah my mom is obsessed with winnie the pooh mm-hmm. always has been like my my qui-gon is my mom's winnie the pooh she just Aww. loves loves winnie the pooh has a big winnie the pooh collection like that's her thing yeah and i met jim cummings because i got a picture of winnie the pooh signed uh for my mom Aww. and he's jim is just the best so precious. He did the Winnie the Pooh voice, and he did the Tigger voice. But I'm a I'm a massive Darkwing Duck fan, and he's also Darkwing Duck. And oh yeah, everything, he's great. 
He's so good. awesome. Jim Cummings. Props. Um, so in the second episode, while they're like negotiating Dooku's ransom, Anakin and Obi-Wan also get captured. Yeah. So um, guess <laughs> who's sent to save them? The Jar-Jar hero of the Binks. Republic. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Yes. Everyone else is busy. Uh, yep. I don't understand why they sent him, to be honest. That is a good question. Padme had a lunch or something. Come on, Padme. I know. Get on the ball, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, well, I mean, we get we get tarpals again. You know, yeah. so that's cool. Yeah. Well, he doesn't well, last long either. He doesn't. I love Captain Tarples. And Why you know, do you he like went him out so he, much? he went out like a boss. We'll get to that. Okay. Sorry. I have to keep yeah. us on schedule. Yeah, please do cuz <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Because those episodes are weird. <laughs> <laughs> the next ones are weird too but they're more fun to talk about <laughs> Fair. um so the next two episodes are also a little mini arc and the first one is jedi crash the second one is defenders of peace and brian you have some feelings about this don't you i know someone who does <laughs> so um as i mentioned before i had a show breaking down the clone wars um and my my co-host david he hates Ayla Sakura. <laughs> he can't stand her. And I was like, what? Ayla Sakura is awesome. Blah, blah. And he goes, no, no. Take take into account what just happened. So we're watching Jedi Crash. And in it, you know, Anakin gets knocked out in the battle as the ship is going down. And Ayla Sakura pretty much pulls a Palpatine and is like, leave him. I would never make it. And Ahsoka's like, no, he's fine. He's just passed out. And Ayla Sakura's like, no, he's dead. Let's go. And <laughs> David got so upset at that. He's like, wait. She's supposed to be a Jedi. Anakin's not dead. They confirmed he's a dead. And she was like, no, just leave him. We don't have time. <laughs> that is so not the Jedi way. <laughs> he, he even made the joke like, Ayla Sakura is a type of person that if she sees you trip in her peripherals, she writes you <laughs> off as dead and keeps going. <laughs> She's like, he's down. Let's go. <laughs> Forget them. Yeah. So he can't stand Ayla Sakura. It's his least favorite. Jedi in the Honestly, that makes me not like her. Like, I never liked her because I think her death scene in Revenge of the Sith is pathetic. That's um, mean. And so this this makes <laughs> me feel like I agree yeah. with your friend David. Yeah. yeah. This is one of those things where, like, there are examples, <laughs> there are good examples of what a Jedi is supposed to be, and there are clear examples of bad, um, and this is one of the bad. <laughs> the- he's He's dead. We got to go. The description for this episode cracks me up because it says, When Anakin Skywalker is gravely injured in battle, Jedi General Ayla Secura must teach Ahsoka the Jedi philosophy of having no personal attachments. Yeah. And, and I'm she like, well, you that. failed at that uh, <laughs> lesson because Ahsoka is smarter than you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. She did not take it in, but you were the perfect example of zero attachment to anything or anyone. I wonder if Ayla Secura is responsible for the death of any other Jedi that she left behind on missions you know, when they were injured. You never know. alive. You never know. Because she- there, there's a few instances throughout the Clone Wars of Jedi doing this. Like, even Luminar and Dooley later on when Barriss and Ahsoka are trapped in that tank. Oh, she's yeah. even like, you know what? If they're down there and they're going to die, we need to make peace with that. And Anakin's like, are you crazy? Yeah. They're still alive. And she's yeah. like, maybe for now. Yeah. Maybe for now. And Alyssa occurs in the back, like, giving her the thumbs up. So. Honestly, though, maybe Luminara knew that Barris was 
a little rat and was like, <laughs> oh, God, we can finally get rid of her because she's like, she I've doesn't turn out so great. My- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, I've seen darkness in my Padawan's future. She's- Maybe it's for the best. Let's just let her go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about yours. Sorry they're together. That's, yeah. I just got to get rid of mine. <laughs> That's right. That's just unfortunate. But you know what? It's for the best. <laughs> I'm saving your Padawan a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. So that, so, yeah. <laughs> you laugh to cover up the tears. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, um, that's that. Yeah. So he hates Ayla Sakura for this reason. Oh, man. She deserved to get yeah. shot in Order 66. Ooh, like a man. little punk. Cold-blooded. I, uh, yeah, I never really liked her. Welcome to the Dorky Diva Show. <laughs> 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 yeah this is where we are all right <laughs> <laughs> um mm-hmm. so the second episode is when uh the lerman the little yes so one of my cute. favorite species in all of the clone wars they're so cute little scottish lemur roly polies i know they do roll they're, around they do we made a joke about so you know how they're they they turn into <laughs> like droid decaz they move like sonic the hedgehog <laughs> and we talked about if one of them had, like, lost an arm, you know, and then would their balance be off so they can only roll in a circle? <laughs> <laughs> and, and imagine there's, like, this, like, because, you know, they're, the whole thing is they're pacifists. They're well, yeah. not going to get involved in this war. They'll just what roll if in one circles. Of, yeah, what if one of them was, like, I'm going to get involved. And he goes out, <laughs> gets into a fight, loses his arm, has, like, a metal arm. So it's basically a weight. So he's just rolling around in oh circles, but you see this like badass Lerman bounty hunter. <laughs> I want that to be animated. Yeah, somebody make a fan art of a of a droid armed Lerman bounty hunter. <laughs> can you make it like a gif so we can actually watch it? Oh my god, that'd be amazing. You know what I'm saying? We've got <sighs> to get going. And he can so he never like really pulleys anywhere because he'll only go in a circle because of the weight. That's, that's what the that's most what I need. amazing thing I've ever heard. This is why it's best that I can't draw (laughs) because if i could if i could draw i would come up with the most ridiculous time-wasting things like a one-armed lerman bounty hunter yeah (laughs) so i guess it's best (laughs) would monopolize all of my time but yeah so that's i I love the lerman i think they're so cool looking i can't remember if they actually decide to fight or not in the end, they do. Yeah, the chief is like, we're still not going to do it. But his son is like, no, you don't understand. He's like, bro, we got to do it. They're, they're, they're outside, and they've got a fire cannon. Oh, okay. So they do end up uh, using ropes and whatnot to defend <laughs> themselves. Ropes. <laughs> ropes. Ropes and roly-polies. <laughs> a Lerman story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah oh the Lerman are awesome. Someone please draw that. Yes, oh we need a one-armed... Well, actually, no. We want a droid-armed Lerman and then take creative liberties and then send it to the Dorky Diva Show. Mm-hmm. We'll use <laughs> it as our cover art for yes. a year. For a year. Um, Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> this is the call to action. <laughs> the next episode is called Trespass, and... Mm-hmm. This is another one of those episodes where we get to see a really cool environment in Star Wars. Like, there's so many endless possibilities for environments in the world of Star Wars. You have lava planets, you have forests, you have snow planets, you have water planets, you have rainy planets. I love it. And this one is a very snowy planet. They go to, um, I don't even remember the name of the planet. Let me look it up. Um, 
But they go to a snowy planet. Let me see if I can Pantora? find Pantora? Pan, pan, I don't think they go to Pantora. Pan, pan, pa, pa, um, they go pa, to Orto Plutonia. Orto Plutonia, yeah. That's yeah, what I said. they have Pantorans with them, but they're not going to Pantora. Yeah, yeah. Orto, Orto yeah, that's what I said. It's within yeah. the Pantora system. Yes, so I like being a little right. Okay, you're half right. I'm okay with that. Ah, I'll take it. I just, I, I remembered the name because I just watched this episode, but I, cu- I couldn't remember it exactly. But anyways, I remember on a very snowy planet, and I love it in the Clone Wars when characters, like main characters, get different outfits. Like Ahsoka Rex. gets her little space jumpsuit one day. She gets her season three outfit. She gets her little slave outfit. Like I, I love all that stuff. And mm-hmm. in this episode, because of the environment, all the clones have snow armor. And it is so freaking awesome because it's similar but not the same as the Snowtroopers and in The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it all ties together. And That's Anakin right. and Obi-Wan have snow jackets. Like They do. It's so awesome. And they have fur on their hoods. And guys... I love it. It yeah. is really cool. And it. weird. It's very weird looking. Weird. Like, r- like Rex's uh, snowtrooper thing. The mm-hmm. fact that he still has his, like, the eyes on it, but it's like he just has a beard almost. Yeah. Well, um, it keeps his neck warm. It does. It the I understand, you know, you have to have his markings so that you know it's Rex. But it, with episode five, with the Hoth troopers, you know, with mm-hmm. the snow troopers, they're all white all the time. Yeah. So seeing one with markings on it was like, whoa, that's weird. It's weird. But it, it yeah. makes sense because they don't show individual soldiers in exactly. the original trilogy. Those are faceless monsters. True. Monsters. Uh, <laughs> um, but I really love this episode because they introduce a new character, and her name is Rio Chuchi. She's a senator from Pantora. And guys, that is like one of my dream costumes. And I've never done anything with body paint or wigs or whatever, but she is like this beautiful blue girl with purple hair, and she's very just like peaceful and... I like her a lot. And this is the first time she shows up in the Clone Wars and she ends up showing up a little later on as well. Um, True. But basically they get to Orto Plutonia because an entire squad of clones was wiped out and they have no idea why. They show up and all these furry little guys like um, Muftak from the cantina in A New Hope. Yeah, uh, they're the called Talls. The Talls. Yeah, they're... They're very uh, aggressive warrior type creatures. And they are. Uh, Anakin and Obi Wan cool. take Chuchi and another Pantoran leader to figure out like what's going on, what happened to the clones. And uh, they end up fighting them for a quick period of time. And then they realize that they're not as monstrous as they think. True. Um, there's not a ton that goes on in this episode, but I think it, it's. It's the introduction of Chuchi because she shows up later and kind of serves that purpose. True. Um, I feel like these are the types of missions that Jedi have a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, which is like trying to stop a civil war from going on. Yeah. You know, because you got this this general guy that's all like, the Talls are 
horrible monster things and we need to take them out. It's like, mm, they're indigenous, maybe not. And they're like, I don't care. I want my war. Yeah. And uh, that's like the day job of a Jedi. And then on a good day, they get to fight someone. Yeah, exactly. With a lightsaber. <laughs> that's right. I do like that the talls can like pop out of the snow. Oh, yeah. I thought that was cool. I, talls are cool. I want to hug one. You should. Tom Spina could hook you up. I actually know someone. I don't know if they still have the costume, but um, a few years ago, I remember someone in the Florida garrison had made like a muff tack costume. I don't think I ever saw them in it. What? But, uh, yeah, it was like just so adorable and furry. That's um, so cool. Yeah. So anyways, that's Trespass. I think it's a very minor episode in this season, but it kind of ends up having more meaning later on when Chuchi shows up later in the Clone Wars. So agreed. we're not going to get too deep into it. We're going to move on. The moving on moving on um the next one is called the hidden enemy yes and this yes, is, it is this is a standalone episode and in the story anakin and obi-wan discover that there is a traitor there is a clone that is a traitor amongst their ranks while mm -hmm. they're attempting to liberate the planet of christopsis and if you remember our discussion about the clone wars movie that movie opens on the planet of Christopsis. So mm -hmm. a little tie in there. Um, and then it, then they find out that like someone is setting them up and they find who the spy is. Who's they the spy, do. Brian? They do. One of their own. Yep. I think his name is Slick, right? I think so. Slick. Mm, slick, not you're good. not so slick because they figured not you so out. Not so slick. They figured you out. Um... I don't have a ton to say about the story of this episode because I do have a lot to say about the animation. Um, really? When I was watching the Clone Wars movie in preparation for our discussion about it last time, um, mm -hmm. I kind of giggled at like the sky of Christophsis because you could tell they just slapped together some paint strokes and put it in the sky. Like it wasn't super detailed. Um, and in this episode, you can tell they really leveled up their design of that planet and sure. like the sky looked much better the buildings looked a lot better not that it was bad in the movie but you can tell they spent a lot more time on it in this episode and it just it was like night and day it looked so much better um sure and that's one thing that uh, there's something i want to mention when we get to the ryloth arc but there's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff in this season that is super technically challenging, and they just overcame it as far as the animation goes. Um, oh, yeah. And and they created so many new characters, like like Chuchi and um, all the, you know, all the different Tal's creatures. Like, they didn't have digital models of those. That, those were different characters. True. Um, and Look at Hondo. Yeah, and Hondo and uh, Kit Fisto's Padawan, Nadar, like so, so many, many new characters um, and different variations of like clone troopers and stuff. So I I think that's one of my favorite things about this season. While, while some of the episodes I end up forgetting because there's a lot of really great stuff from like season two and three and beyond, um, mm -hmm. the animation in this is super solid. Like they definitely impressed the world i think with with this season i think that's why they got to continue the show for so long is because it was just technically amazing yeah i agree guys so excited for the clone wars to come back because it's been a while 
and they have even better technology now. I know. So just think, just think how great it's going to be. I know. I can't wait. Man, it's going to be good. It is. All right. Should we God, move on? God, I can't on? wait. Should we move on? Yeah, let's do it. So the next episodes are an arc. Uh, we have The Blue Shadow Virus and Mystery of a Thousand Moons. And these two episodes are hilarious to me because they, they, the, the let me think of how to say this. <laughs> the evil new character in these episodes is Dr. Nuvo Vindi. And he reminds me of something from like the Powderpuff Girls. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. He seems so out of place in the Star so Wars weird. world, but I also love him. I think he's hilarious. Um, Same. Same. <laughs> but basically, um, there is a virus that is like all over the planet of the Naboo, I believe, and it's making the um, the shocks. Shock. Those like little cow people from or like mm-hmm. creatures from Attack of the Clones when. Anakin and Padme are having their nice little picnic and he ends up riding one and then he falls off and they frolic together. Um, those Space creatures, cows. little fat little munchkin cows. I don't know. Yeah. They're so cute. Yeah. Um, those flea space cow things. Yeah. Yeah. They are kind of like fat fleas. Um, yeah. <laughs> they end up getting like really sick and then there's a discovery that there's this virus going around and it turns out that the virus was brought back by Dr. Nuvo Vindi, who is psycho. Mm-hmm. And Padme and Jar Jar end up getting captured while they're looking for this lab. And Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka are sent to rescue them. Kind of, It kind of cracks me up that, like, obviously this is, it's going to be this way where it's always the main characters. You know, we have Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka going after Padme again. But, like, yep. what about Kiati Mundi? Like, what is he up to? Just he's busy saying being, stupid being things, a rebel. you know, like, well, <laughs> you know, he's busy spreading his truth. Why don't other people save Padme? That's it's a like good always Anakin. question. I wonder if it's a voluntary thing. He's like, like I'll do like, it. I think that'd be yeah. too obvious, though. You know, they would know something's fishy. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's the story, I guess. He would volunteer <laughs> and Mace Windu would be like, sit down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take a seat. See, yeah. young Skywalker. Um, I yeah, that is true. like these episodes a lot because they introduce the Bomb Squad clones, which is a special group of true. clone troopers that have to deactivate the bombs. And they're like mm-hmm. almost all bright orange with some white markings on them. And that's one of my favorite things about the Clone Wars is there's so many different types of clone troopers that have different purposes and jobs. And they're, like we said, they're not all the same regarding who they are as people but they're also not the same as what they do as a job you know um Mm -hmm. all of them have different jobs i like that so um me too how do you uh do you have any thoughts about these episodes how do you feel uh yes so (laughs) (laughs) they're weird (laughs) they they are weird vindy's weird um but i do think it's i i mean i think it's fun i think it's funny that there's a mad scientist yeah. You know, in Star Wars, that's like, I'm going to make everything sick and die. Yeah. So there's that. But the thing that I always think about um, is when uh, Padme's helmet gets cracked, she gets sick, and, you know, Soka wrecks everyone's infected. And she has this, like, hero moment 
where she's telling Anakin, like, you know, the virus is contained down here. Um, so if we can't figure this out, like, I'm willing to die down here for the people of Naboo so that they don't also get infected. So she makes this decision. And it's like, all right, wow, very admirable. But the thing that she didn't take into account, or maybe she did, <laughs> is that everyone in that room is infected except for Jar Jar. <laughs> He's totally fine. His suit is not ripped. He is not infected, although it is his fault that she's infected. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking there's a little bit of there's a little bit of shade being thrown here in that Padme's like, "You know what? We are all going to stay down here." And Jar Jar's like, "Wait, but I'm we are all going to stay down here, Jar Jar." Like, <laughs> I'm sick because of you, and you're going to <laughs> you're have to suffer. live with that. <laughs> exactly. As we die, you're going to watch, and yeah. that is that is your recompense. And uh, so I always think about that. It's like, oh, wow, there's this great moment of, like, you're right. Wow, that's a big decision she's making to save the people. But then Jar Jar's in the corner like, I- I'm <laughs> fine. Like, I can I can leave. I'll just – I'll open the door, get in, and close it really fast. Yeah. And they're like – no. You're in this with us. Now. You're in this. Which is so hilarious because as laugh. we've noticed during this episode, um, obviously Jar Jar has some sort of value to them if they keep sending him to rescue people. True. Like, it's shocking that they would just put him in jeopardy like that if he's the one that they're always sending out to go save people and make peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, she <laughs> Maybe must have been he's the volunteer. <laughs> Maybe he's the volunteer. He just Maybe. hangs out around the war rooms and stuff, and they're like, "We're going to Naboo," and he's like, "I'll come." Misa from there, yeah. yeah. So maybe you know that what? maybe that's. I think what's you're going onto on. something. I could see him doing that. He'll just like raise his hand. He doesn't even know what he's raising his hand for. Exactly. He's just like, "I'll do it." Wait, what are we doing? Oh, okay. I guess exactly. That's fine. Yep, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that 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 I always think of that when I think of the blue shadow virus. I was like, Padme sentenced Jar Jar to die. Yeah. So. That's a thing. Well, Anakin and Obi Wan ended up getting a antidote, and uh, everyone was okay. They did. You you know what? I really like rabbit droids. Oh. <laughs> I don't I don't know why, but they're just like fat little guys that are just walking around and doing their thing. Oh, I thought you said rabid. No, 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 rabbit. I got you. I was like, what is a rabbit? Yeah, rabbit droid? droids. I when think the rabbit when they droids go are the cutest little things because their little tummies are so fat. Yeah, right. I just want to squish them. I really like them. I would love a little plushie of one of those with like the little beans in the bottom so they could sit. Yes. (laughs) Somebody get on that. I want that. Or like, you know how they have the like electronic R2s? Mm -hmm. I want a rabbit joy that just walks around my house. Maybe that's the future. Maybe that's our future. Like everyone thinks that robots will end up being our servants and stuff. Maybe they'll look like that. That would be ideal. Although... when they when there's an uprising and they're killed and they kill us, I don't want to be killed by a rabbit droid. I would much rather be killed by something like Grievous, where you look at him and be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I know I would be killed by them because you. they're too cute for me to kill. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we know you'd be killed by the droid uprising because you'd be thinking about a sandwich. This is all right. Nice. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm just saying. Um. <laughs> I I would prefer one of those droids rather than like a protocol droid though because a protocol droid is almost like a person whereas the little rabbit droids is like a pet. 
That's true. You mean to be killed by? No, 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 just to own. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to be killed be... by any of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, to be killed by a protocol droid would be pretty embarrassing. That would suck. Can you imagine? That would suck a lot. Although maybe not, because you've got like triple uh, zero. I think that would just terrify me. Like, what if they try to kill you, but you survive? I would have nightmares of that forever, whereas the rabbit droid, well, I guess I'd have nightmares of that too, but at least they're just cuter, so it makes it less traumatizing. That's true. Or maybe it makes it more traumatizing because they're <laughs> cuter. It's like it's like if you had to pick the thing that killed you, uh, you would want it to be something that you look at it and you're like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. You wouldn't want it to be like, my little buddy, no. Yeah. Uh, you know? I don't know. Well, we asked the, we asked the hard questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's more embarrassing, to be killed by a protocol droid or by a rabbit droid? Probably the rabbit Probably droid. Probably the now rabbit droid, yeah. If if we didn't have triple zero, I think it'd be a toss up. Because if three PO killed you, you've really got to you had it coming. You had to probably. be pathetic, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Like if you know, T C fourteen. I feel like three like, oh, PO would me. kill you by accident. Yes. He'd like try to shut the sh- turn the light off yeah. and it would just drop something heavy on you. Yeah, it would be it would be by accident. That's true. What if the rabbit droids like make it weirdly personal? <laughs> Okay, we got to move on from this. It's like freaking me out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, okay. so tweet us. <laughs> With your Lerman fan art. Yeah. And who you'd who is more embarrassing to be killed by. <laughs> We've covered a lot of ground this episode. Yeah. Um, oh, good stuff. Uh, we have a good time here. Okay, the next arc is the Ryloth arc. And it yes. consists of three episodes. Storm over Ryloth, Innocence of Ryloth, and Liberty on Ryloth. And personally, I think this is the strongest set of episodes in all of season one. Like, this arc stands the test of time, even with all the great episodes we get later on in the Clone Wars. This is still it's so good. a solid arc. So, basically, the planet of Ryloth, which is where all the Twi'leks live, is yep. occupied by Separatists. And Indeed. It, there's there's a lot that goes on in these episodes and in the first one Ahsoka ends up disobeying Anakin and she ends up losing an entire squadron of clones yeah of clone that's a hard pilots. lesson huh and yeah that was a super hard lesson for her and she took it super personal which obviously you would and I'm glad that she did because it shows that she has a heart but yeah shows she's not Ayla Sakura yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Anakin tries to turn it into a very, like, heartfelt teaching moment for her to show her that that is the cost of war and that's why you have to take everything so seriously and truly think strategically. Like, we talked about earlier how Ahsoka disobeyed Luminara's orders and it ended up helping Luminara when Ahsoka came to, like, save the day. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was good discernment she made a good decision this time around not so much and so i think it taught ahsoka that when when other people are involved it's not just about your own life you have to worry about who could potentially be affected by this um that was that's a a big heavy lesson but uh obi-wan and the 212th battalion of clones which is his battalion go to ryloth and they they go to this town that's occupied by separatists and they discover that the twi'leks are being used basically as like 
a living shield, a human shield mm-hmm. of people. Oh, scary. Um, one of the best things to come out of this arc is the introduction of two clones that are named uh, Waxer and Boyle. Yeah. Boyle is a little bit of a grumpy butt. I'm going to be real with you. But I have a super soft spot for Waxer, and we'll talk about him a lot later on uh, when we get to future seasons. Um, Mm -hmm. But these two clones end up discovering, they end up finding this little girl, little Twi'let girl named Numa. And when they find her, they discover that she's all alone. Like she doesn't have any parents with her. She doesn't have any other siblings. She's lost. She's by herself and she's terrified. And I think it's so funny because uh, the clones have their helmets on and they, they approach her and they're trying to like reach out to her and she ends up biting one of their fingers. I can't remember <laughs> which one it is, but she ends up biting their finger. And uh, so they end up taking off their helmets to show her like, hey, we're people and we're not going to hurt you and we're here to help. And I just love that. It just shows that the clones have a soft spot for humanity. I mean, some yes. of them do. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, some. some of them do. And they end up taking her kind of with them and protecting her. And along the way, she calls them Nara. She's like, Nara, Nara. And at the end of the very last episode, um, Waxer and Boyle ask Obi-Wan, like, what does that mean? Why does she keep calling us that? And Obi-Wan says, it means brother. And I'm like, oh, it's so cute. Uh... Like, Numa ends up being super important because after um, – after the clones get their second set of like upgraded armor, Waxer actually ends up painting a picture of Numa on his helmet. And I just think of that as like a reminder to like in the wartime to think of the people that you're fighting for and not just the overall like mission. You know, you have to think of why you're doing this and who you're helping and who it affects. And uh, later on, Numa ends up showing up in star wars rebels and she's like all grown up and she wears some of their armor pieces and it's just so sweet because you can you know that like they meant the world to her because they basically rescued her and made sure that her people were okay and it's so sweet it is it's really good it this arc i i absolutely love it but it also makes me hate orm frita even more yeah like, we've talked about this before. The fact that Ryloth is starving and destitute, and then you have this massive, super fat, living in the lap of luxury Twi'lek, yeah. who's supposed to be their representative yep. in the Senate. I was like, what? Like, it made me it made me very he upset. He doesn't care. So, he doesn't, and it's really dumb. Like, that's the other thing is, like, Ryloth is, you know, very pivotal in the in the Star Wars canon. And, like, the free Ryloth movement, it goes all the way up until, like, the Imperial times. Yeah. You know, like, it doesn't come back from this. And that's, like, a really sad thing to think about. Like, they essentially never recovered. Yeah. From the Clone Wars, you know, you've got, like, almost 20 years between 3 and Mm 4, and they're still trying to just survive. Yeah. And it's rough. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm glad Numa's still around at the time for rebels yeah but it is it's rough man and fun fact cham syndulla who is pretty prominent in the third episode um along with mace windu he is yes he's the father of harris syndulla which is you know 
Hera from Star Wars Rebels. So that's a pretty big tie. Exactly. He's see, he's one of like the most prominent members of the Free Ryloth movement. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's so good. Read Lords of the Sith. He's like the main character in the book. It's him, Vader, Palpatine. It's so good. It's so good. And uh, Cham's pretty hardcore. I mean, we learned that in Rebels. Yeah. You know, he's even so much so that like, oh, I understand that you're my daughter, but Free Ryloth. Yeah. Um, which is the I mean, think about how long he's been fighting. I know. You know what I mean? You become a victim of circumstance product of your environment kind of stuff and it's hardcore but uh, that that episode um i really really like i think it's liberty on ryloth mm-hmm. uh the one with mace windu yeah because that to see mace windu shine is really cool because he is the most powerful jedi like in the galaxy which is oh. really cool to see him in action yeah yoda's the wisest like he knows the most he's been around the most but Mace Windu, at least in the old EU, he is the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy. Wow. Like the so in the old EU they had like uh saber forms, which is like a specific style of saber combat. Mm-hmm. And there were six styles. Mace Windu invented the seventh called Vapid. I didn't know and that. And it like yeah, dude, he founded his own lightsaber style and it was like more aggressive than all of the others yeah and there were rumors that you could like get on the fringe of the dark side and use that in battle for the light big deal and there's a book called shatterpoint very very good it's mace windu book he goes back to his home planet it's crazy um but it's called shatterpoint because mace windu uh has this ability uh to see shatterpoints through the force and like we've talked before about how some Jedi have specific, uh, like, almost extra abilities. Like, you think Quinlan Voss, you know, he has, like, I think it's called telecometry, whatever it is, where he can, like, pick up a cup and see where it's been. Oh, wow. Kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Quinlan Voss can do that. Mace Windu can see shatter points, which is through the Force, he can see the exact, like, cornerstone of a building. So in one hit, he could take the whole thing down. On a person, he can see their weak spot in their body to where, like, one punch, he could take them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really useful for somebody like him. And in this episode, you actually get to see him use that ability when the clone is in the tank. And as it's falling, yeah. he just puts his hand on the window in the correct it. spot, blows the whole window up. Crazy. It's so And cool. it's not even like he punches the window. He literally just puts his hand on it. Yep, he knows exactly the point. It's like when cops break a window, yeah. they got that little baton. It's like, yeah. I- I- if you hit the middle of the window, it's not going to break. But if you hit this exact spot, yeah. it's more susceptible to it. And Mace Windu sees that. And I do love when the when they blow the bridge and he jumps on the, like, uh, whatever that thing is called. It's like a stape. Uh, actually, it might be called a stape. S-T-A-P from episode one, the little, like, flyer thing. I think that is the name. Yeah, look at that. Pulled that one out of my brain. <laughs> um, and when he gets on it with the droid and then just revs it even higher while making eye contact, yeah. I was like, that is intimidating. <laughs> yeah. But I like it. I like that episode a lot. I uh, I love this arc. There's there's so much depth to it. Um, Agreed. It's pretty long. I like it when the arcs are like three episodes long because it gives you a lot of time to get into the story, whereas some of the two episode ones are just a little a little too Short. fast-paced, you know? Sure. Um. And this one, like I said earlier, I think it just stands the test of time. And it also brings a lot of seriousness to the show and discusses mm-hmm. like all the important conversations about war in basically a kid's show. So um, True. I think I, I honestly think this story is what put the Clone Wars on the map for 
like adult Star Wars fans. Um, Because I know kids love the show from the get go, and I and I think adults did too. But I know um, I know some people had a hard time getting into it if they didn't have kids to watch along with or didn't really appreciate the humor and the silliness in some of the episodes as being catered to children. Sure. These three episodes, though, are, are just, like, so mature. Um, Agreed. That it's heavy. It's heavy. And I think it really emotionally draw like drew in a lot of grown-ups and got them invested in the Clone Wars. Sure. That's something that, like, George Lucas was just way tuned into. Yeah. Like, he even talked about how, like, 18, 19-year-olds are smarter than the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> You know, when he talked about Leia, yeah. he's like, Leia's 19. Yep. She's the main character of Star Wars. It's like, you don't know, kids are way smarter than anyone gives them credit for. And that's why he made Star Wars for 12-year-olds. Yeah. You know, and that's something that, like, is really cool when he can tell a story and not dumb it down. Right. He just He's like, this is the story. He's not afraid to tackle these really heavy subjects. Right. Um, you know, that was something that I thought was really cool around the time episode one came around. Like... Why put the taxation of trade routes in episode one? Right. You know what I mean? That's such a topic that like you wouldn't think kids would be able to grasp right. or care about. But George Lucas is like, no, they'll get it. Right. And then like nine-year-old me was like, oh, I get it. This is crazy. Yeah. They're blocking off the food supplies. Like, think about this. Yeah. Think about how you it know? affects them. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just cool that he uh, didn't dumb anything down. Uh, for the audience and i think that's also some of the best star wars yeah is when they just give it to you the way that it is i think you that's, know, it's like trusting the audience i think that's the best way to describe it like not dumbing it down because there's a lot that goes on throughout the clone wars that is super heavy super heavy oh, super yeah. emotional super serious but honestly those are the lessons that you're right children can understand and learn from like everything that happens with ahsoka in this show is super emotional and i knew a lot of girls Mm -hmm. that were like my age when we first started watching the show they were really emotionally invested in this character but also because of the influence of that character i think those girls that i knew growing up are some of the strongest women i know today because they learned so much from her from ahsoka um absolutely yeah i think there's so much that goes on in the clone wars that really shaped the minds of the young people that watch the show like I constantly think of the Clone Wars and you know when I'm in a tough situation I don't automatically think oh what would Ahsoka do in this situation I don't do that but in in hindsight sometimes I'll look at situations and go oh that's actually kind of similar to what so-and-so did in the Clone Wars and like this is how they dealt with it and this is what they learned from it and this is what I can learn from my situation you know I don't really think of my life is what would the clone wars do but it's interesting how a lot of stuff can relate back to it and the clone wars kind of walks you through the lessons that you should be learning through these situations for sure for sure (sighs) i love it um we have one more episode in season one it's called hostage Mm -hmm. crisis but i i want to wait to discuss this because oh yeah i didn't tell you we were going to do this but i want to wait because it's the part of a larger story that is continued in season two True. and like i said in the very beginning of the show this is the episode where cad bane shows up my one true love yes yeah (laughs) so i need a lot of time to be able to talk about him um and i want to talk about the story as a whole before we jump into the first episode it's a good idea 
Um, so yeah, Hostage Crisis is the season finale, which is amazing. We'll talk about why it's such a great season finale. <sighs> Can't wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much going to be our discussion for season one. Um, Sweet. And then next time we'll pick up with Hostage Crisis and talk about that entire arc with the episodes that go along with it in season two. Yeah. I'm so excited because season two is like the beginning of all the amazing stuff. Agreed. Ugh, I get so pumped. That's, that's my standard I setting. I so pumped. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to say about season one? Uh, no. No, I think we covered it. I mean, it was it's a good season. It introduced, uh, you know, most of the people that we're going to be following. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some great episodes in it. I think I think it was solid. It's not as bad as I remembered it. I agree. Um, I agree. You know, that's that's a big thing. So that's that might be something to take away is like just because you thought something was horrible a while back, maybe give it a second chance and it might not have been. And that's exactly what we said when we discussed the Clone Wars movie too. Like yes, that was exactly. a huge topic was how we thought that movie was awful and now we're like you know it's really not that bad um right i I although it might be (laughs) i think it gets overshadowed like i think the clone wars movie and season one of the clone wars get overshadowed and i kind of talk badly about them sometimes only because the rest of the clone wars is just so mind-blowing like just Mm -hmm. on level infinity of greatness and you know, not that season one was bad, but it's just a very basic, solid season. And, you know, it covered a lot of classic themes. It catered to adults. It catered to children. Introduced characters we had never seen before. Has great stories with our classic characters. But there's just so much that goes on in the rest of the Clone Wars that, to me, is just, like, I don't even know how to describe it. The staff should be winning every award out there. Like... <laughs> Sure. I mean, ideally, that's how it should be with a show. The first season should be good, and then it should get progressively better. Right. And Clone Wars definitely definitely does did that a hundred percent, hundred percent. Um. So yeah. So next time we'll be talking about all of season two, and yeah, it's gonna be good. Um. It is. Brian, where can people find you online? People can find me online at Jedi Brian everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I got that sweet SEO. <laughs> um, check out the interesting podcast. If you like this, I can almost guarantee you will like that. I uh, just released an episode with Mark Thompson, who, if anyone listens to uh, audiobooks, he's read a lot of them, and he's a great dude. He was in Daria, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, uh, One Piece. Tons and tons and tons and tons of voiceover stuff. Amazing dude. Just released that. Um, also... Uh, I just did an episode of Databank Discussions. Oh yes, with the I wanted amazing, you to talk about that. amazing Claire Stribling, yes. um, and she did so Databank Discussions. A little backstory: uh, Claire picks a character, and then does an entire deep dive into a singular character. Um, it gets it's amazing. Deep. Like when he it's says so deep, good. he means like. I mean, it's like deep. a documentary on yes. a character, and she did a Qui Gon episode and had me on. And you know what? She is a very brave woman to let me go <laughs> <laughs> as deep as I did. But I, I could not be prouder uh, to be involved in something like that. And uh, you guys hear me talk about Qui-Gon enough here. I guarantee you, you'll realize I'm only scratching the surface. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> when you listen to that, uh, she lets me go. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I really, really, I'm very proud of it and very honored to be 
tangentially connected to it. Yeah. So yeah, thanks to Claire. And go check that out. Databank Discussions. It's on the Imperial Senate podcast feed. Uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. That episode is so great. And all of her Databank Discussions are great because before she has her special guest on to talk about the character, she herself does a huge... Um, yeah, like so synopsis cool. of the character and who they are and why they were created for Star Wars and how the actor was cast and how the character was created and like she just gets into so many details that I have never even thought of or known um, yes. and then she talks to someone that loves that character and they get to talk about why they love that character um, so so good so well done yeah so well done yeah so check that out um so you can find me. Where can people find you? You can find me as the Dorky Diva everywhere. Um, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Instagram. My website is thedorkydiva.com. And if you need to contact us, you can shoot us an email at dorkydivashow at gmail.com. And we'll answer any questions that you have. If you want to support yes. us on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash thedorkydiva. And right now for all of our $3 and up patrons, we are doing an exclusive series of discussions about yeah. the Darth Vader comic series. So each week we are discussing a an issue of the Darth Vader comics. And they're shorter episodes. They're probably going to be 30 minutes or less. Um, yeah. So if you are a patron, you can get those special episodes over there. And uh, before we wrap up, I want to thank all of our current patrons. Alex, Anthony, Ben, Brandon, Brian, Chris, Daz, Daryl, Jen Marie, Jim, Kristen, Michael, Cherie, Sherry, and Tom. Thank you all so much for your support. We hope you enjoy the new content that we're going to be putting out for you guys because we want to say thank you in different ways. So hopefully more content is a great way to say thank you. Um, yeah. Check back next week for our discussion on Season 2 of The Clone Wars. And until then, may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.